0: Welcome to all those joining us online for OSC at home. Come on, how are you doing today? We are in a series called The Family Survival Guide. And if you didn't get a chance last week to go listen to Pastor Jamie's kickoff of this series, man, you need to go back and look, listen or look or watch that message called Lead First. Pastor Jamie talked about the purpose and the priority and the price of parenting and really gave us the why behind family and parenting. But today, I'm going to give you the what. We're going to talk about the four seasons of parenting. Now, hey, I want everybody to in- interact and engage with me here. If you have a child between the ages of 0 and 4, come on, I want you to raise your hand, give it a little emoji hand, give some love. 0 to 4-year-old parents, let's let's hear you. If you're there, if you have a child between the ages of 5 and 12. Five and 12. Let me let me see your hands. If that's you, Come on, raise your hand. Maybe if you've got multiple kids, maybe give maybe two or three hands, however many you have. Come on, if you got a teenager in the house, 13 to 18, 19 years old, if that's you, come on, raise your hand, let's see it. if that's you. If you are a teenager in the home, let's, let's hear it from you. Uh, we, wanna, we wanna hear from you guys as well as you're watching this. And then lastly, if you have a child out of the home, Out of the home. Come on, you celebrating? Come on, let's get a little celebration emoji right now if your children are gone out. But hey, let me ask you this. If you have children in all four of those seasons, let me me see you. If that's you right there, I'll make God bless you and keep you. Maybe you're a grandparent and you got grandkids and you realize, man, grandkids are just a reward for not killing my own kids, we're all in different seasons. Maybe you want to have children. Maybe you do have children. Maybe you have grandkids or you're waiting on grandkids. We're all in different seasons. And this whole series is built around this idea that God has given us what we call the essential guide. He's given us his word. And his essential guide can help us to learn how he's called us to, to uh, parent our children, how he's called us to operate in family, and not just survive, Right now, everybody's just trying to survive with the stay-at-home order and everything, but really how you can thrive in the midst of everything that's going on. So I want to talk a little bit about the four seasons, but before I do that, let me share the theme verse that we have been sharing uh, last week, and we'll share again in the weeks to come. It's found in Proverbs chapter 24, and it says this, it takes wisdom, everybody say that, wisdom. It takes wisdom to have a good family, and it takes understanding to make it strong. You know, parenting is the toughest thing you'll ever do, but it's also the most rewarding thing you will ever do. It's going to cost you a lot of money. It's going to cost you a lot of time. But at the end of the day, the Bible says that children are a gift, that they are reward. They're like arrows in our hands. Now, how do you remember the days for those that, were, that are parents now when you were, were not a parent? The days before having children. Y'all remember those days? Like when you wanted to leave, you left. You wanted to go to the movies late at night. You went to the movies late at night. You Whatever you wanted to do, you kind of just went and did it. And then you remember when you started having kids and how all of that changed? Now, Now just to hurry up and leave is like an act of Congress. And you're always late all the time. Why is it we're always late? We're always running late. You know, the joy of actually having church at home now has been like, Hopefully we're not late. Maybe some of you are late now. You're just jumping on even now. You're you're still late and it's online. What's your excuse? Kids, that's the excuse. We have kids. And you know, you're at the door and you're like, all right, let's go, let's go. And then you got one child that comes. He doesn't have a shoe. He's got one shoe on, one shoe off. Where's your shoe? And then you're trying to say, why haven't you brushed your teeth? Why haven't you brushed your hair? Come here, let me help you. And those are all the things I say to my wife. (laughs) I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. She's exhausted. She's exhausted. There is just craziness that comes with family. But of course, it can be fun as well. And it's tough. It can be hard. And that's why you and I need wisdom. We need wisdom on how to lead our family. We need wisdom on how to lead our children. And Ecclesiastes tells us in chapter 3, verse 1, that for everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. There is a season for everything. There's a season for parenting. There's a season for marriage. There's a season in our walk with the Lord. Everything in life comes in seasons. Right now, we're kind of in springtime. Come on, can we just stop and give Jesus some thank you and some some hallelujah hands for this beautiful weather that we have been having for the last month or so? It's been enjoyable. We've been outside enjoying the weather. But you know what? It's only a season. It's going to. We're going to get into the heat of L.A. summer real soon, and then everybody's going to want to be in fall, and then we get in the fall, and then we got winter. Seasons just happen, and the same thing happens in our parenting. Parenting kind of has seasons. You remember when you couldn't wait to have children? and then you finally had children, and then you couldn't wait until they were out of diapers. Man, can we just get out? Who's in the diaper season right now? If that's you, if you're in the diaper season, let us know. We're praying for you, changing diapers constantly. And then you you couldn't wait to the day when they could feed themselves, and then you couldn't wait to the day they could bathe themselves. Come on, that's a great day. When they can dress themselves and bathe themselves, that is the day. You're winning as a parent. And then you couldn't wait to the day they're, they're gonna go to school and I'm gonna get a little reprieve for a little while. And then you couldn't wait for the day when they were gonna drive. And finally, they're gonna be able to drive and go go run errands for me. And then the day of when they're finally gonna move out, it's gonna happen, they're gonna move out. And and Pastor Jamie even talked a little bit about this last weekend, but you know when you get into those different seasons, because you're always looking to the next season, you never enjoy the season you're in. And can I just say this right out the gate? embrace the season you're in. Embrace it, enjoy the season you're in. So let's talk about the different seasons that we have. I'm gonna talk about the four seasons of parenting. First off is the baby to toddler season. There's a, a word that I'm going to use for each one of these seasons and for this season, the word I'm using is dependence, dependence. I remember the day whenever you found out you were pregnant all the moms that are on here, or dads, when you found out your wife was pregnant and you were so excited for that first child. I remember that was the case with Josiah, who's our first one. I was so excited. Lindsay was so excited. There's so much anticipation that was building for those nine months. And then when we had him, it was like this revelation hit. I have to take this boy home. Like he didn't come out with instruction manuals either. Like I'm having to learn on the job, and then you get home, and then you you realize how much you don't really know. But everything in this baby's life is dependent on you. You 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 do everything for them. They need you for everything. You have to feed them, you have to change them, you have to rock them, you have to bathe them, you have to burp them, you have to wipe them. Like You're doing everything for them in this season. You're also teaching them a lot of things. Like You're teaching them how to talk. You're teaching them how to eat and not fling food everywhere. You're teaching them how to walk. Come on, you all remember those days? The first steps and you're teaching. There's a lot of teaching that's going on. You're teaching them how to get dressed. You're teaching them how to potty on the toilet. That is a great day but it's all dependent on you. And can I just say this? That can be a very physically exhausting season. And for some of you, you feel it right now. Uh, Maybe you've been up all night this past night just because you have a baby to toddler. And this can be an an exhausting season. You know it's an exhausting season when you find rest in the bathroom. Just lock the door and leave mama alone for a little bit. You know, that's the, the case that happens often with children. And I mean, hey, Bedtime, come on, when you got a baby or toddler, bedtime is like the most sleep deprivation you're going through, you can't imagine what it's like. No one told you how hard bedtime would actually be. Uh, then you, you know, you get them under the covers and you tuck them in and you, you pat them and they're good and you go and you, you, you know, finally creep into your bed after a long, exhausting day and you're just like, finally, some me time. And you roll over and there the child is right in front of you. You've ever been scared by a little child right there, right by your bed? Then, of course, you got to roll over. You got to start it all over again. But this can be an exhausting season. But the key to parenting in this season is one word, it's care, it's care. This is a caring season, you're doing a lot of care. You are child-centered in a lot of ways because everything is centered around this child, everything is revolving around this baby and this toddler. But can I just encourage you in this season to not only care for your child, but also to care for yourself, to care for your marriage, we can get so child centered that we forgot that it's the marriage that brought the child into the world. Don't neglect your spouse to only care for your child and don't neglect yourself. You ever been on an airplane and the stewardess, you know, is, is, is demonstrating all the safety precautions that you need to know. If cabin pressure drops, mask will fall and they encourage you to put on your mask and then assist others exist your child can i say the same is true when it comes to parenting in this season to make sure that you're spending time to take care of yourself to put the mask on to spend time with jesus to spend time with friends to refresh yourself to spend time just taking care of yourself spend time with your spouse connecting because this child it's going to be a season and they are in high demand of your attention at this time but in order for you to care for them well you have to care for yourself and for your marriage, and for your family well, Now, Psalms 22 says it this way. Watch what it says. It says, Lord, you delivered me safely from my mother's womb. You are the one who cared for me. There's that word, cared for me, ever since I was a baby. Since the day I was born, I've been placed in your custody. You've cradled me throughout my days. I've trusted in you, and you have always been my God. David is, is using an analogy of his relationship with God like his relationship with his own mother. That just as his mother brought him into this world and cared for him and nurtured him, that's what God does for us. But notice the, the picture that he's using of a mother or a parent that is nurturing and caring. And that's what we do in this season. It's, we're serving a lot, we're caring a lot. Um, they're dependent on us a lot in this time. And so we're showing them God's love. We're showing them God's provision. We're showing them God's protection because we're doing everything for them. They're dependent on us. But that season doesn't last forever. I want to give you some hope. That season doesn't last forever. Your child will grow up and they will go into the second season, which is the elementary to preteen season. Now this is a whole different season. And I want to classify this season with one word and that is discipline. Discipline. The first season is dependent. The second season is discipline. I mean no, you don't have to teach your children to disobey. Like they did not have to take a class on disobedience on disrespect on any of that. Like they knew how to say mine, mine, mine. They knew how to be selfish from day one. You never had to teach them how to do that at all. That's why is that the case? Let me read a scripture to you. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 15. I love the amplified version. It says this foolishness is bound up in the, everybody say that word, is bound up in the, in the heart of a child the rod of discipline and i love this watch correction administered with godly wisdom and loving kindness will remove it far from them notice it doesn't say children are bound up in their heart with wisdom doesn't say wisdom is bound up in their heart it says foolishness is bound up in their heart. this is what you need to understand that behavior is a byproduct of something that's wrong in the heart. And oftentimes we try to deal with the fruit, but not deal with the root. And as parents, I want you to hear me, especially when your children are from the ages of four to 11 or 12, there's a lot of discipline that's going on. And we don't want just behavior modification, we want heart transformation. Now, Pastor JJ is gonna talk a whole lot more about that next week. Uh, as he talks about the heart and getting after your, your child's heart. But I just want to preface that today, because most parents are are more skilled at fighting for the behavior than they are fighting for the heart. And we want to win our child's heart. Now, how do you do that? So the key to parenting in this season is consistency. Everybody say that. Consistency. Meaning that your yes has to be yes, your no has to be no. You have to be consistent in you're disciplined, you have to be consistent in everything that you do because they're trying to test the boundaries. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24, watch this, it says this, a refusal to correct is a refusal to love. Love your children by disciplining them. You know, I've heard some parents say, well, I don't, I don't like to discipline my children because I love them. And, and I will often respond to them and say, well, you don't really love them unless you discipline them. And so I'll ask them, like, do you feed your child? They're like, yes. Do you teach your child? They say, yes. Do you care for your child? They say, yes. All of those are forms of love, but so is discipline. If I let my children do whatever they wanna do, I gotta realize foolishness is bound up in their heart. It is not going to lead them to right decisions. Our children do not know the right and wrong at this age. We are teaching them what right and wrong is. What not to say, what to say. What not to do, what to do. This is our role. We're an authority in their life that is loving them, but also giving them discipline. I, let, let, me, let me put it in a way that maybe can give you an image. Parenting is a lot like a scale. Not, not like a scale you stand on, like to weigh yourself. I'm talking about like the justice scale. If you know anything about how the justice scale works, it's a symbol of justice. On, on one side of, of the parenting scale, you have love on the other side you have discipline and if you apply too much of one than the other you'll hurt your child let me put it this way if you apply a lot of love but no discipline you're, you're going to spoil your children and they're going to get a rude awakening when they come into real life and get disciplined by teachers by coaches by bosses but if you're all discipline and no love you're going to drive your children away from you. They'll start hiding from you. They'll, they'll only be doing the behavior modification. They'll only be because they're afraid of you because you're they're, they're, it's constantly about the rules. And so there's a balance of those two. I wrote it down this way. Too much love without discipline can make a child spoiled, but too much discipline without love can damage a child and drive them away. You ever been in a, in a grocery store and you've seen that, that mom that's there and, and she's shopping and she's got that child that's just running everywhere, just going all over the place. And she's going, Johnny, Johnny, come back. Johnny, don't touch that. Johnny, put that up. Johnny, don't do that. Johnny, come here. Johnny, come here. Johnny, come here. And Johnny ain't coming. And, and so she starts doing this. You ever heard this? One, two. Don't make, don't make me boy. Don't make me count to three. I'm like on the other aisle. Every time I hear this, I'm like three, three. I'm thinking in my mind, three, three, go Johnny, just go. But it's funny because this mom will also keep doing that. I don't, she, she counts to two, two and a half. She probably does that 20 times. The problem with that is though, is she is teaching her children, not first time obedience, meaning like when I say, come, you need to come. And so I'll put it this way. Slow obedience is no obedience. And so if if you use the the counting method, I would encourage you to stop counting because your children need to understand first time obedience. Why is that so important? Imagine your child runs out into the street and you say, stop, Johnny, stop, Johnny, stop. And, and, And you have to go one, two. If they don't listen to you the first time, could actually be a deadly consequence. They need to, as soon as they hear it, they have to stop. And in this season of parenting, you are teaching your children authority. You're teaching your children the boundaries that God has for us. That that these boundaries are not bad boundaries. They're protect us. They're to give us joy. They're to give us happiness. But there are boundaries, and 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 here's why it's so important. If they can't learn to honor and respect and obey you they will not honor and respect God. As of right now, you and I as parents are images of God to them. We're teaching them obedience in this season. If you wanna be their friend later, you have to be their parent today. You're gonna discipline your kids, but discipline is a part of discipling. As Pastor Jamie said last week, We're called to disciple, to train our children in the way they should go. That's all a part of discipleship. And discipleship is not just discipline. Discipleship is also teaching and instructing and training and correcting and encouraging. Watch this stat. I hope this stat encourages you if you're in this season with your children. 43% of Americans who accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior do so before the age 13. Think about that for a minute. Nearly half of the U.S. gets saved before the age 13. Do you know how crucial and how critical this season of your child's life is? Not only the the discipline part, but the delight part, the the part of understanding that God has a plan for them, understanding salvation and the gospel. This is such a huge part for that. Actually, watch this. 64% make that commitment to surrender their life to Christ before their 18th birthday. So we're in a huge place here. Let me put it this way. Our children need a good savior just as much as they need good manners. See, listen, your child and my child and all of us need heart transformation. And so I want to encourage you to not only just be focused on discipline, but to be focused on encouragement. I pray that our kids get just as much encouragement as they do discipline. Now, listen, I know there are certain days where there's way more discipline than encouragement. That's real life. But we always want to make sure that we're encouraging them in the things that we do see, pointing them to Jesus, having conversations about what God is wanting to do in their life. That leads to season number three, and that is middle school to high school. So, the first stage is all, about, is all about dependence. The second stage is all about discipline. And this third stage, middle school to high school, is all about self-discipline. Self-discipline. See, because something happens around the middle school time where our middle schoolers and high schoolers start thinking, I know more than mom and dad. I don't need them. I got this. Come on, anybody know what that's like right now? I I was there. Listen, when I was in high school, I thought I knew everything too. But really what's happening is they want space. They want freedom. They want to explore new things. For so much of their life, they've been told what to do, what not to do, when to go to bed, what to eat, what not to eat. And here they are. They get into a season of their life where they want some freedom. Now, let me just encourage every student that's watching. If you are a middle school or high school student, listen to Pastor Josh right now. I'm going to help you out. I know that you want freedom, but let me give you a secret. Your parents want you to have responsibility. And so, ready? If you want more freedom, you need to start asking for more responsibility. If you will start taking on more responsibility, I'm telling you, your parents will start giving you more freedom. Can I get an amen or a high five from someone that is watching this right now? You want the freedom without the responsibility. But as you grow older, really the, the maturity is revealed in how much responsibility you're willing to start taking on. Will you make your bed? Will you clean up your room without asking? Will you go take a shower without us asking? Will you come and honor your word when you say that you're going to do it? Will you help around the house? Will you do things beyond yourself? And the more you're willing to do that, the more you're willing to help the family, I'm telling you right now, the more your parents will be willing to give you freedom. And so understanding this. Now, we see Jesus actually in one brief little moment in this age group. See, we know Jesus' birth and we know Jesus when he's 30 and starts his ministry. But in Luke chapter two, you get a picture of Jesus when he's 12 years old. He's right here in this season. Actually, Mary and Joseph had actually forgot about Jesus, come on, think about this, for three days. Can you imagine? It took them three days to find Jesus. You lost God! I mean, no, they did not get the mom and dad year award. But when they finally found him, he was in the synagogue and he was teaching him. And that's where you get when he says, I'm about my father's business. But Luke chapter two, verse 52 also says this about Jesus. It says, and Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and favor with men. Now notice this, he he grew in four areas. Yes, he was fully God, but he was also fully man. And he had to grow just like You and I have to grow, just like your children have to grow. And look at the four areas he grew in. He grew in wisdom, intellectually. He grew in stature, physically. He grew in favor with God, spiritually. And he grew in favor with man, that's socially. So let's break those down. Let's talk about that. What does that look like for your teenagers in this season? Well, intellectually, what does it mean? He grew in wisdom. This is a perfect season for your teenagers to start learning how to be wise, how to be wise with their money, how to save, how to spend it correctly, how to work for it, how to be wise in their time. Come on, right now, now more than ever with all this quarantine stuff, they got a lot of time on their hand. Learning wisdom in their time. Learning how to be wise in their school and and taking their homework seriously and taking school seriously. Learning wisdom when it comes to decision making. You know, when when I drove my boys to school, which it hasn't been for a while now, but every day I would drive my boys to school, I'd pray the exact same thing every morning. And that was God, I pray that you would make Josiah, Judah, and Joel wise like Daniel. The Bible says Daniel was wise beyond his years. He had a spirit that was on him that made him wise. And I pray that for my boys and I pray that for your kids as well, that they will learn wisdom. Now you can learn wisdom in many ways. And students, I want you to hear me. If you're a teenager, tune in right here. You can learn wisdom many, many ways. You can learn wisdom, first off, from those above you, from your authority, your parents, your teacher, your coaches, those around you that can impart wisdom. Listen, they've been around the block. They've faced some things. They know some things. They can help you and give you wisdom. But you can also learn wisdom from reading, from, from uh, taking in information and studying but you can also learn wisdom from your failures. And so I want to talk to all the parents right now, and I want to to say this. Never rob your children of the opportunity to learn a lesson. Never rob your children of the opportunity to learn a lesson. What I mean by that is when they fail, and they will, it's gonna happen that you make sure that they also get the opportunity to learn the consequences of it. I remember this past year, one of our boys forgot his lunch at home. And we had been telling them, don't forget your lunch, don't forget your lunch. And it happened a couple times. And so the first time, Lindsey brought it to him. But the second time it happened, because I'd been telling them, don't forget your lunch, Lindsey's like, we need to go bring him a lunch. And I was like, no, we're not. I am not bringing him his lunch, I promise you. He will survive. Now, when he gets home, he's going to snack out. But he'll never forget because I'm not going to take that consequence away. They need to learn responsibility for their actions. And this is so huge. If you've ever you know, had your student, my, my teacher just doesn't like me or my coach, you know, he just makes it hard on me and, and they're looking for a reason why they're not doing what they should be doing. Don't give your kids the opportunity to blame it on somebody else. They do that maybe with their own siblings. Well, if he wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have done that. No, no, no. You got to take responsibility over blame. And why is that so important? Because one day they're going to go to work and they're not going to be able to just tell their boss, oh, it was because of him. So so teaching them at a young age, I've I've had my kids go to their teachers and apologize to their teachers for their behavior. I've had them do the same with a coach. That, that you've got to take responsibility for your own decisions. You, you, responsibility over blame. Watch what Proverbs 23 says it this way. The father of godly children has cause for joy. What a pleasure to have children who are wise. So growing intellectually. Let me give you the next one. Growing physically. This is a season where you're teaching your, your teenagers how to take care of their body. How I many know this is a season where their body is changing like crazy? How many of y'all remember your junior high pictures? Here, let me let me show you a picture of Pastor Josh in the junior high days. Look at this picture. What was I thinking? What was I thinking? We've all probably got those crazy junior high pictures, but you know, junior high and high school, you're discovering yourself, you're learning about yourself, your body's changing, um, you're learning how to how to eat right, you're learning hygiene. Come on, just learning how to take care of yourself, but also just learning how to guard your purity, taking care of your body, realizing that you are a vessel of honor. And can I say that to every young guy and every young girl that is a teenager right now, to guard your purity. Guard your purity. Don't give your body away. Listen, guard it, guard it, guard it, guard it. It's one of the greatest things God's given you is your body. And so taking care of that, guarding it, saving it for, for the, your future spouse who's to come. But you want to teach them in this season. You also want to teach them socially. And, and what I mean by that is you're, in this season, you're teaching them how to, how to make friends. Um, uh, you know, with school and bullying and everything that's going on, you're teaching them how to, how to interact with people when there's hard situations with relationships. You're teaching them maybe how to date. You're teaching them how to honor women. You're teaching them how to have wise friends. Hopefully you're talking to them. That's another thing that I pray over my boys every morning for school. Bad company corrupts good morals. And I have my boys repeat it. Tell me, bad company corrupts good morals. God, I pray that you would surround my boys with godly influences, with with friends that are encouraging to them, life-giving to them. Uh, And we've had a lot of conversations about that because whoever they're friends with is where they're gonna go in the future. And so just be be mindful of who they're connecting with. Parents, you need to be mindful of who they're talking to on the internet. Uh, Don't just give them free access and not know who they're talking to. If you pay for that cell phone, guess what? You have every right to look at what's happening on that cell phone. You get to know everything that's going on because you're guarding them, because you know the world that we live in. And so socially helping them grow in that and, uh, and having conversations about that. And then lastly, spiritually, this is the most important, of course. It doesn't matter if our, if our students learn everything else, but never have an encounter with God. I want my boys to, to fear God and to honor God. I also want them to hear God. That's what you want for your teenagers too, that they don't just hear mom and dad, but they hear God. How amazing is that they come and they apologize to you before you have to ask them to apologize because the Holy Spirit has been convicting them. The Holy Spirit's been talking to them. How how encouraging would it be to know that the Holy Spirit is whispering truths into their mind? That's what we do as parents is we cultivate a place. And I wanna encourage you. That, t- this is why I think the church is so vitally important. It's a spiritual family to put your, your kids In OSC Kids, to learn truths and be around other friends. In OSC Youth, I'm so grateful and thankful for our youth and our kids department that right now are doing more than ever before to make sure that your kids are getting the word of God and getting connected with one another. So physically, socially, spiritually. Now the key to parenting in this season is communication. It's communication. If you wanna parent in the teenage years, it's all about communication having conversations and that's what i'm doing right now having conversations about friendships money sexuality uh for my boys manhood we talk about failure and and giving them an opportunity to express how they feel creating a safe place that if they disagree with me that's okay let's just talk it out let's have the conversation and 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 helping them navigate what they're feeling and what they're thinking in this time you know my oldest son right now is driving. So he's got the learner's permit. He doesn't have his actual official license yet until he turns 16, but he's got the learner's permit. So we have been driving around everywhere and he's driving and I'm in the passenger seat, you know, holding on, just praying and believing and, and coaching, doing a lot of coaching in this time. And one of the biggest areas I'm coaching him in, of course, is ramping on to the interstate. Because you know how the interstate can be really tricky. You can't come on to the interstate too slow. If you do, you'll get in an accident. You can't come on too fast because if you do, you'll get in an accident. And I think that is a perfect visual imagery of what we're doing, transitioning our kids from teenage years into the next season. Is there, we're getting them ready to ramp on to the highway of life. And if they don't know certain things, they're gonna hurt themselves. And if they they try to do too much, they're going to hurt themselves. And realizing the speed in which they need to be going, which actually leads to this last uh, season, and that is the young adult season. And this season is defined by a word, independent. Independence. See, each season has its own challenge, but I think this is probably one of the most difficult ones because this requires you to let go. Yep, that's what I said. Let go. Now, I personally i'm not in this season yet i haven't been but as a youth pastor i've helped a lot of parents navigate through this season and uh and look forward to it at some point one day but i think the key to parenting in this season is confidence is confidence not confidence that you did everything right we know that's not not even possible but confidence in your child to have prepared them for everything that they're going to walk through and, and to give them the confidence that they need to go do what God's called them to do. Remember, we are arrows, we're releasing them. And we want them to have as, as much confidence as they can as they go into all that God has for them. You know, when Jesus was about to start his ministry, his father spoke confidence over him. It's found in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, it says, and a voice from heaven said, "'This is my dearly loved son, who brings me great joy.'" Before Jesus ever started his ministry, His father gave him affirmation, said, you are my son, I love you. He hadn't done anything yet, and he already gave him his affirmation. That's what we do in this season. We're counselors, we sit back and say, hey, if you need me, I'm here for you. I believe in you. You're going to do great in college. You're going to do great, you know, when you eventually get married. I'll help you navigate through that, like in your career, wherever you're going. You're going to do great. I'm here for you. You're, you're made for this, you're just encouraging them, you're affirming them, you're giving them the confidence. And think think about this, Jesus all throughout his three years would go back to the Father, he'd go to a mountain and, and pray. And what was he doing? He was just connecting with his dad. Hey dad, this is what's going on right now. I need you. And, and that's what we do in this season. We sit back and we wait and we're just available. If they need me, I'm here for them. I, I, I wanna be there for them in this season. Now, no matter what season you find yourself in, can I just encourage you to treasure it? Can I encourage you to just receive every blessing that there is for this season? Remember, when you feel like you are entrenched in very harsh, cold winters, spring's coming. This season will pass. You'll go into a new season. And the greatest accomplishment that I have is raising my three boys. One of the greatest gifts you'll ever give this world is raising the kids that you have, whether it's natural or even spiritual. So I wanna pray for you today as we close out this message and for all of those, wherever you are in whatever season you're in, that God would be with you. So Father, we love you. God, I thank you for every person today. God, you know what season they're in. You know what they're going through. You know if it's been a difficult season or a joyful season, but God, I just thank you that your grace is sufficient for them. I thank you that you have anointed them for such a time as this, that you trust them. It's the whole reason you've given them this this gift in these children you've given them. So God, I pray, Lord, that you would encourage them. Lord, let them know that, that you are more than enough to help them with what you've called them to do. You would never give us a task that you have not equipped us for. So I pray right now, Lord, in whatever season they're walking through, that you would be with them, encourage them in Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen. The greatest way to really be a parent is first off for you to understand that you have a father who loves you greatly. That you have a father who has walked with you through all the things that we're talking through. That, that you're dependent on him. That we've walked through seasons of discipline. That God helps us with, self, with self-discipline. And that there's a, a, a season of independence. But the truth is, we're always dependent. We're always dependent. And if you wanna have a relationship with God the Father, the Bible says that we can't work our way to that. That the only way we can is to surrender and to receive what Jesus has done on our behalf. See, our sin, the foolishness in our own heart, has separated us from God. But the great news today is that He loved you so much that He sent His only Son to be sin for you and me, to take our shame and our guilt. And that if we will confess our sins, and confess Him as Lord and Savior of our life, that He will forgive us and give us a right relationship with the Father and restore us back into that relationship. If you'd like that, to have that relationship today and you've never prayed that prayer, I wanna invite you in this moment to pray right alongside with me. Would you just say this? Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for coming and taking my sin and my shame and my guilt on the cross. You died for me so that I wouldn't have to and you faced hell for me Today, I turn from my sins to be born again. Thank you for rising from the grave to give me new life, to give me a relationship with the Father. Today, I surrender my life to you. Come be the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, be my helper, and heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed to be born again with Pastor Josh, Congratulations, you just made the most important decisions of your life. We would love to help you with your next step. All you need to do is fill out our online connect card and someone from our team will reach out to you. We wanna help you on this spiritual journey. One final word, don't forget to join us every night for Unite 714. We are praying together for God to eradicate this virus. You can join us on Facebook Live tonight at 714 p.m. We love you and we can't wait to connect with you this week online.